0: Hey, moms. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. I am really excited that you're here today. We're going to be talking about kind of a little bit different topic than I normally would address. Today, we're going to be talking about um, homeschooling and working from home. Can we do both of those things? So. Um, I'll introduce my guest here in just a few minutes. But if you're a new listener, I just want to welcome you. I am so glad you're here. And if you have specific topics that you'd like to hear about um, on my podcast, um, I just want to encourage you to go to the homepage at DorindaWilson.com and scroll down to the search bar, enter keywords for the topics that you're interested in, and there should be more podcasts for you to listen to. And if you're not finding Uh, any podcasts that are addressing some of the things you want to hear about, feel free to email me, um, Dorinda at DorindaWilson.com. I would love to hear from you. I also want to let you know about a few podcast series that I have. I was, I was typing this out and I was, I was thinking to myself, I also have a few podcast series, series is, how do you, what is, (laughs) I I wasn't sure how I was going to pronounce that. So uh, we're just going to call it a podcast, several podcast series. The first one uh, that I want to tell you about is called Grace for a Mom's Heart. So uh, they're all the um, all of the series is starts out with that title, Grace for a Mom's Heart, and then um, there are different topics after that. And what that is, is just a short devotional that um, I just uh, do for moms that uh, is just kind of a great um, quality, probably over quantity. Uh, type of devotional because, you know, a lot of times we're on the run and sometimes, you know, we don't always get up on time. We don't always get up early. I'm not a morning person. So if anybody can relate to that, uh, this is a great way to, you know, just listen to a devotional, get some of God's Word and some prayer and some reflection um, in over the course of a few minutes and maybe while you're folding laundry or doing dishes or whatever. So Grace for a Mom's Heart is a devotional series. I also have another series called The Homeschool Life where I'm addressing uh, common questions and Concerns and topics that I uh, I get a lot from moms who um, you know are walking out this homeschool journey, and since I've been doing it for a little while, twenty five years, um, sometimes I have good advice. <laughs> sometimes, you know, I I can tell you I'm still learning, but either way. Um, I love to address some of those topics there. So that's a great series to check out. And then uh, lastly, I have a new series that I'm just starting. It's called On the Porch. So this is a little bit different. It's more of a relaxed, sitting on the porch kind of feel. You know, I love talking about motherhood and homeschooling, but God often lays other things on my heart as well. And I want the freedom to be able to speak on those topics that are maybe time-sensitive, maybe it's a current event that's happening, or God is compelling me to talk about this particular thing sooner than later. A lot of times, He'll just lay something on my heart, and I'll talk about it, and moms will come back and say, I needed to hear that right then at that moment. So I just, it it gives me a little bit more of a free-form platform uh, to speak from. And uh, many of the topics may have little or nothing to do with homeschooling or motherhood. So it's just going to be kind of a fun. We'll see where this goes. We'll see how the Lord leads. So I'm excited about that one. But if you've been listening for a while, um, I would love for you to leave a one or two sentence review from whatever platform you're listening from because um what happens is whatever platform you're listening from is as a person gets more reviews on their podcast they show the podcast to more moms which the whole point is we just want more moms to be encouraged right some of you have been leaving reviews and I just want to say thank you in fact I'm going to read a couple of them because they're so encouraging to me as well so Nicole, Cole said, um, "She said my soul needed her, which you don't hear that every day, right? I was, I was just so touched by that. She, uh, she called me amazing again. That does not happen every day." <laughs> <laughs> Her relationship with the Lord and mothering style is contagious. She is truly the mentor mom I've been looking for and needs so much. And I just appreciate that because that's really what I'm here for. I just want to do what I can uh, to bring encouragement and inspiration um, so that faith and hope will rise up within you as you walk out the story that God has for you. You know, a lot of times when we hear someone else's story, um, it inspires us in, uh, to trust God for our own story. And that's really my hope and prayer. Another mom said, I love this podcast. It's such a wonderful encouragement on those hard days, but also so uplifting every day. I'm so happy I found it. Um, and the last one was from Brenna. She said during this podcast, i um, is one of my favorite homeschool podcast resources. Not only does she help me view things in a manner more favorable to the Lord, but also helps me learn how to foster deeper relationships Mm -hmm. with my own children on our home education journey. Recommend this podcast to all homeschooling parents and potential homeschool families. And that was just a a big encouragement to me as well, because I am very passionate about fostering deep relationships with our children, with our husbands um growing strong families is a is a passion of mine. And I can tell you this many years down the road, I am getting to enjoy uh, some of the fruits of that labor over the years. Um, If you listen to my On the Porch series, uh, the the one that's going to be publishing next is kind of, it's just sort of my story in a nutshell. And one of the things uh, that I talk about is just how God called me to just keep my hand to the plow with our kids, you know, eight kids, It's a lot of kids. And the house was full, and they were all uh, born in 13 years. And I was busy. um, And sometimes I would feel bad that uh, I couldn't uh, do some more outside activities. And God was just so faithful to put peace in my heart and tell me just to keep my hand to the plow and all that to say, um, we're yielding the results. We have good relationships with all 8 of our kids. Um, In fact, recently, a uh, couple of our boys who've been, one was in Australia, the other was in uh, Washington State, have uh, come back to live close by uh, temporarily. One's going to be here for a few months, the other longer than that, likely, um, till he can fund his next adventure. So all that to say, we've got seven of our kids around us right now and just one across the country in Idaho. And we're just having a ball because they're all living literally within like one, the three boys are across the street. We've got one who lives in our backyard in a tiny house with his wife. And so there's just always stuff going on around here. And um, they're popping in and out. And we're having just great conversations. And so all that to say, the investment is so, so worth it. You know, our kids spend most of their lives, our relationship with them is mostly adult-adult. Uh, it's, it's a parent-child relationship really for a short time. And so uh, it's it's just such a worthwhile investment. And it, it's really just about prioritizing. And that's uh, really lines up with the topic that I want to talk about today because many moms are finding themselves in the position of homeschooling and working from home. And whether your kids were in school and you never expected to be homeschooling or you were homeschooling and now you're finding the need for a second income, um, you are likely finding the balance to be challenging. And this is why I invited uh, Dr. Jen Murph to join us. I met Jen at a conference a couple of months ago. Um, I'd heard her name and I kind of knew who she was, but we had a, a brief conversation there. And, you know, it's just, again, one of those situations where you just go, I can be really good friends with this person. And (laughs) we just, you know, you just, you get that feeling and you just know Um, she's very real. And I'm excited to have her here today. So I'm going to tell you just a little bit about her. She's been named among the top 100 influential evangelical leaders that you ought to know in the country for her work and research on the millennial generation. Um, Her research and writings on marriage, education, motherhood, and the family have been cited by the Christian Post, Christian Broadcasting Network, Christianity Today, Institute on Religion and Democracy, and the Institute for Family Studies, just to name a few. She's also the Executive Director of Mina Leadership Center, which you can go look up what that is because she was telling me about it. It's very cool. Um, but as an expert on Millennials, she found that Millennials are abandoning marriage at an alarming rate. And this uh, could have um, devastating effects on the future of our nation. So she is actually also the founder of Millennials for Marriage. Um, But for society to prosper, we need thriving communities, healthy churches, and growing families that are held together by strong and committed covenantal marriages. And in addition, she serves as an adjunct. Is that how you say that, Jen? That is. That is. You've got it. Thank you, professor at Regent University and the King's University. And I think this is like the best job in the world right here. She is a proud wife and homeschool mother of four. So welcome, Jen. Thank you. Um, wow. Reading through all of that, you, does it exhaust you just listening to it?
1: <laughs> well, it doesn't feel like it's my bio. Like, Isn't that you know, funny? It is I th- funny.
0: I think it's interesting because when God leads us into different things and He just unfolds opportunities in front of us, it's always Typically, very different than what we had pictured, but also can be so multifaceted. And it sounds like that's kind of what's happened for you.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I'm on my eighth year of homeschooling, and it, mm. I don't think homeschool. I mean, I do have friends actually that have chosen to homeschool from the beginning because they want it to. Right. But that really, honestly, wasn't the case for me. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. I was in my doctoral program, you know, I I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that God called me to go get an education. And Mm -hmm. that was the only thing I knew. So every step I've taken, I could only see the next thing in front of me. I never looked beyond that. Mm -hmm. So here I am, uh, a working
0: homeschool mom.
1: didn't see that coming either, did you? (laughs) No, I did not.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'd love for you to just be, uh, just sort of speak to the mom out there who maybe feels completely overwhelmed with homeschooling and trying to work from home, wondering, you know, there are only 24 hours in a day, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We have to, it ends up happening. And I think This is a perspective that really helped me when I understood that I was a steward of a set amount of time, but also a set amount of energy. Um, I think we have to recognize and acknowledge whatever season we are in and and factor that in to how we're prioritizing our days. But I want you to speak to that mom who is just like, oh, I'm not sure if this is working or she's maybe at the beginning of it and she's thinking, how am I going to manage all of this? So if you could just kind of dive into that, um, that.
1: Absolutely. So if you are listening today, you're probably one of three types of moms. You're either a current working homeschool mom. You're a homeschooling mom who's about to start working. I mean, the economy's in a bad place. People have lost jobs in some areas um, of the in, of certain industries. Mm-hmm. Or you're a homeschooling mom who's exploring the possibility of working while homeschooling. You know, years and years and years ago, I had a veteran homeschool mom look at me in the nursing room of the church. And um, she for one is I didn't know why she was in the nursing room anyway. I mean, she wasn't like in her fifties. I was like, why are you in here? But <laughs> but it was, I, it was just fine. But she looked at me, she started weeping and she goes, mm-hmm. Jennifer, if I have any advice from you, she was uh, about to graduate her fifth in the home in, from homeschooling. Mm-hmm. She gets, she does She says, don't lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And she starts weeping. She goes, I'm about to graduate my last child. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who I am, I know whose I am, but I have no idea of my giftedness. I have no idea the talents that I can bring to the world mm-hmm. and I just am going to challenge you to to know who you are within and how God created you in your giftedness- mm-hmm. and so I kind of put that in my pocket because mm-hmm. i I didn't necessarily quite understand where I didn't understand where she was coming from at the time, so right. um. It, that was really important. So, whenever I um, started homeschooling, I was actually in my doctoral program. And I had a friend of mine who said, um, Have you ever thought about homeschooling? And I kind of laughed at her. And I was like, I am never going to homeschool, <laughs> ever. I mean, you guys are crazy. I am going to change the world. You know, though mm-hmm. my worldview was that I knew in my heart that the way I change the world is through my children. Mm-hmm. And so God convicted my heart and began to lead us towards homeschooling. Mostly, uh, it wasn't like a, a conviction to, to homeschool as much as a conviction to put my kids in the best environment. Mm. We were in a bad school district. And so um, I stepped into homeschooling kind of fearful. I mm-hmm. knew that um, most millennials, if you're like me, have had some type of student loan debt. And so committing to homeschooling while working scared me. I thought, God, you said that you'd provide, but will you really? Mm -hmm. And so I said yes to homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you are having to work, there's probably several reasons why you are choosing to work right now. One of them is debt elimination. Again, the average millennial has at least $35,000 of student loan debt from their bachelor's degree. Another reason why you're probably working or looking to work is you just enjoy it. Like you have talents and giftedness and things that you're good at and you don't want to lose yourself. And that's that's not a bad, that's, you shouldn't feel guilty for wanting to use the giftedness that God has put in you. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that Satan's tactic is to make us feel guilty for doing what he created us to do even if it's Mm -hmm. outside of just changing diapers. Changing diapers, great, I'm an awesome diaper changer but there was more inside of me. Um, Maybe you want to save, invest, plan for the future. Maybe you want vacation money or spending money. There are so many other reasons why um, women are working these days. Um, And so as I began to work, uh, I got the best advice uh, while homeschooling. And I had a lady look at me and say, Jen, you can't do it all. And I kind of, well, what do you mean I can't do it all? She goes, you can't, you you literally can't do it all. You can't do everything. I said, well, what do you suggest? She goes, well, I would encourage you to ditch, delegate and draw Mm. the line. Mm. And I thought, okay. So I sat on that. I didn't really know what she meant by that. Mm -hmm. But when we think about working and homeschooling, we think that everything has to be balanced. Everything has to have an equal amount of distribution all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of deceptive because balance is really unachievable. I think a better way to um, word this or phrase it is is balancing daily priorities um, rather than balancing life. I think life is a, 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 you know, clusters of priorities that we have to choose moment by moment what to do next. Um, And so we live in the philosophy of blessed are the flexible. And so there are times that I just simply say no to things because we can't do it all. There are times where deadlines have to be met and kids get sick and our, of course, homeschooling has to be accomplished Um, Of course, if you're like me, my home gets dirty within like 30 minutes of cleaning. Right. right? Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I I outsource once a month. I have someone come in to clean my home and I literally make my kids go sit in the car for 30 minutes so I can just enjoy it for 30 minutes. (laughs) I am serious. I just I'm like, you go play outside. You can sit in the car, go climb a tree, like go do something, ride your bike. But I'm going to enjoy this house clean for 30 minutes.
0: Right. I, I, that, hey, I, amen, sister. I am right there (laughs) with you because that literally fills my cup. Like to sit there and look around and see everything in order, even if it's for a short time.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So knowing that I couldn't do it all, I knew that I had to just ditch some things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you look at culture right now, people have gone to great measures to downsize physical objects. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've traded filling up, uh, by filling it, filling up their moments with activities instead. I think of like Marie Kondo, right. Um, they want to Marie Kondo their stuff, but they add, um, activities and events into their life. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, Corona hasn't actually made me slow down. It's made me speed up and, and I hate it. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, But even now, like, I need to look at my schedule and say, what do I need a Marie Kondo out of my life? Is it small group at church or do I need that uh, community? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, maybe it's an online class for my kids that, you know, who knows? Like, you know, what's on your schedule. Mm -hmm. So I have to minimize what's on my plate by ditching the excess from our schedule. Um. And I usually do this by really reflecting um, on the why, like why am I trying to do certain things? So it's really an an issue of motives. There's been seasons where my kids have been in every sport you could think of um, and other seasons where I've pulled them from everything. And people, Mm. My family even gave me a hard time. Why aren't the kids Mm -hmm. in activities? I mean, what kind of childhood are you going to, you know, you're trying to give them. Um, I was trying to give them a, a way to be still and learn that stillness right. is actually a gift from god
0: it is it is you know I'm, I'm thinking about that whole um concept that you know every we have basically five core needs but that base basic basic one is safety and security, that feeling of security. And I know for our kids, there were seasons where, you you know, you talk about the excess. Somehow it just seems to happen. It's not like you sit there and say, how can I, you know, excess all of our ex- activities? How can I, how can I overwhelm us next week, you know, or the next <laughs> few months? And so we don't do that intentionally. It just kind of happens, you know. And Uh, So then it's, you, you recognize, uh, I recognized, you know, certain behaviors in my kids and uh, just a lack of peace in our family life. And um, it, it affected the, it affected the kids, it affected me. And, and I think it came down to they started to feel insecure because there was just too much going on and they need to know, like, what to count on. Like, they need to know there are certain things that are going to happen and, um so we've done the same thing, where we have just, like, not just activities, but we've even, you know, ditched schoolwork. You know, we've kicked that to the curb for a week um, for my mental state, because I needed, my house felt like it was falling down around me. It's too many closets unorganized and had been for a long time. And so we would just, we would work together, and we would ditch everything else and get the house in order. And, you know, it was amazing what that did for my mental health. And Um, I think we sometimes underestimate that.
1: If you're anything like me, if my house is a mess, there's chaos in my heart. I cannot, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband will, we call it chore play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel most loved when the dishes are done. Right, And he knows that's a great way to get to my heart. <laughs> so chore <laughs> play is a great way, ladies, to uh, tell your husband that you can uh, have some really special time together uh, <laughs> if those dishes are done. But uh, anyway. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. It's amazing how that works. I always said there's nothing sexier than a guy standing there doing oh my your gosh. husband, not just any guy, but right. husband
1: standing there doing yes. dishes. Now it's like, uh, it's amazing. It is it is actually really special. Um, So when you're when you're talking about the idea of ditching things, um, I had to see how the things that were making us busy, how it uh, how it was hurting our budget. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things, you know, a lot of times we're working because we need money. Mm -hmm. But there are also times that we don't really need extra money. We just need to take some things off of our plate. It would free up right. our budget, right?
0: Right, right. Um,
1: so ask those questions: like, is is the cost of me being busy worth? Is it going to hurt our our budget, or is it just going to take away some of the things that we like to do that keep us busy anyway? You know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly.
1: Weighing the cost relationally: is it hurting my relationships? I mean, there have right. been seasons that I, and. I'm sad to say this, but there have been seasons that I was so consumed with um, the task in front of me that I didn't give maybe my children what they needed in that season or my husband what he needed. And so I wasn't mature enough back then to to weigh that cost.
0: Right, right. Um, my, my husband would call that opportunity cost.
1: It was an you, opportunity cost.
0: If yes. you spend it over here, you can't spend it over here. And it's, again, it kind of goes back to that stewardship thing that I mentioned earlier. You know, it's, there's only so much to go around.
1: Uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, there have been seasons that I have uh, stepped out of co-op.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have worked on boards that were quite prestigious that I just said, you know, something, Um, this is taking so much of my time away from my family, it's actually doing more damage than helping you.
0: Mm -hmm, Um, mm
1: -hmm. you know, so I had to do things like that, volunteer activities. I mean, I love the church, we've been in ministry for 15 years. I love the church. The church can also take so much time Mm -hmm. of doing that we actually don't sit at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just prioritizing. Um, And so if things don't fit within the scope of your, I put everything in semesters, I ditch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even, you know, maybe it was only for a semester, but I would totally get rid of it.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. I love that.
1: So the second thing I do is I delegate. I am the master delegator. Um, You know, I think when I think of delegation, um, there was a season in my life that I thought if I delegated anything, I was weak mm. that somehow I wasn't strong enough to do it all. Um, and I think a little bit of um, there was a culture in the church that fed into that,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: a Proverbs 31 woman had it all together. Right. She could balance the home and go and do all these things in the marketplace. And um, I, I think that it's, it's not a, It's not a good way to think about our role as women of God. Um, You know, we live in a culture that tells us not only do we have to do it all, but then we have to do it alone. Mm. I don't think that's really how God created us. And so delegation, it literally gives you back hours of your day and -hmm. sanity, by the way. (laughs) And it does not equal weakness. You don't have to do it all. We're not created to do it all. Um, like I mentioned about Proverbs 31 woman, there's uh, this one part in the scripture. By the way, I loved her. I absolutely love the Proverbs 31 woman. I was going to be just like her. Mm-hmm. And then I had children. And right? I thought, I hate this woman. She is the worst role model. I can't live <laughs> up to this person. <laughs> i had the same feelings. <laughs> yeah, so like she's crazy. And then I read a scripture. Um, I think it's uh, verse 15. I don't remember. But it says, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maiden servants. The lady had maids; she had right. people doing things for her. She mm-hmm. delegated, mm-hmm. and so this idea of perfect perfect balance wasn't actually perfect balance at all. It was just achieved through delegation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, when we understand that delegating things are important, uh, and Really helpful. It really makes our lives go easier. And here's what I do I have someone come once a month to clean my house. If I could afford twice a month, I would do twice a month, my friend. (laughs) But I have student loans and I'm paying those off. Um, And not only that, I have someone come into my home three days a week to school the kids. I've set the curriculum out. Um, I have things that I want to focus on. And she just comes in and helps them. She's a veteran homeschool mom herself. Great. Um, and I I can control what's going on. I'm upstairs. There's an issue. She comes and gets me, you know, which we do have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids are not listening or don't want to do handwriting or whatever. They, just like they would do with me, you know. Right, do with her. right, right, right. Um, but outsourcing is not a bad word. There no. was a time in the homeschool movement, and I'm I know that you know this. Yes. Where if you outsource, that actually wasn't homeschooling.
0: I ignored that. I am so
1: <laughs> glad that you did because when I first got in the homeschool world eight years ago, I was I was told like that's not homeschooling. Right. And I thought, right. well, I can't do it all. I need so much help. And uh, I'm glad that I didn't listen.
0: Yeah, it's amazing because um I would hear that too. And I I would think, you know, but wouldn't you know as a mom, if you're just not good at something and maybe, you know, God has somebody else that he wants to use in your kids' lives. And I especially found this to be true as the kids got older and, you know, God used those scenarios to, hook them up with mentors um, Mm -hmm. for things that they are actually doing right now as an adult in the real world as part of their career, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's kind of just pretty much a lie, you know? Um, I think, I love that you, you still have, like, you're picking the curriculum. You're, you're kind of, you're like steering the ship, but you're, you're allowing someone else to come. You get it going the direction you want it to go and someone else comes and just kind of keeps it steady for you, you know? So um, I love that that's called being resourceful, I think.
1: (laughs) Well, there were other seasons. This is the first year I've done this. Mm -hmm. There were other seasons where we did, uh, you know, one day a week co-ops when I wasn't working full time. Right. Right. Um, When I started this particular job, um, there was a university modeled homeschool program that the kids would go three days a week, half days. Right. Those little nuggets of yes. finding help relieved me and took so much stress off of my plate that I could concentrate. And uh, another thing that I do, and the Lord really, I was in Turkey and I had this moment with Jesus. Um, and <laughs> actually, it was in the bathroom. Um, cause I couldn't find my room and I was crying because God like just did something crazy and I was trying right. to not cry in front of my colleagues.
0: Right. Um,
1: and so I finally got to a bathroom so I could like weep and right. um, the Lord made it very clear. Like you stop your day at a certain time. Don't mm. you go past this time. And mm. that for me, it was at four o'clock. Right. And I stop my day, whether my work is finished or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I turn my attention to my kids. Mm. Um, And so I make it sound easy. It's it's it is hard at times because, Mm -hmm. of course, our work never gets done. But that's just the strategy that I've used for one. If the Lord didn't speak to me, I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, but the Lord did speak very clearly to me, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so it's just a strategy: knowing your limits, knowing when you should cut off. Right, Um right. is really important.
0: Right, I agree, and I think that's um, that's uh, similar to something we did. Um, I four o'clock in the afternoon for us, from four to five, was like well, I called it odd job time, and that would be that list of things. That I had collected throughout the day as I'm, you know, when you're, you're, you're schooling the kids, or you're reading to them, or you're doing this or doing that, and you go to look for something or whatever, and you realize this cupboard is a disaster, and it just like (laughs) starts eating at you. So I would just write it down. I had a piece of paper laying on the kitchen counter, and I would just write that down. And then I'd be, you know, maybe uh, prepping dinner, putting it in the crock pot, and I'd, I'd notice, you know, Uh, the dishwasher needs to be wiped out, you know, because sometimes it gets kind of like mildewy and that kind of stuff. And okay, that that needs to be done. And I would write that down. And then the kids would, I would let them pick which job they wanted to do. And so from 4 to 5, that was odd job time. Those were all those little things, those little hot spots in my house that would drive me crazy. And it was a great way to maintain things, you know. And um, so that was a great plan. But 5 o'clock, you know, once that was over, which was usually before 5, um, usually it didn't take us a full hour. But I, I planned with lots of margin intentionally, because that's what I do. <laughs> because if I need to, you know, discipline, correct, add something, whatever. Because if I, if I tell my kids it's, it's only going to be a half an hour, they're going to push back when it's, you know, 31 minutes into this thing. So I gave myself the full hour. And then, um, and then it was like, go into the dinner hour and fix dinner. But once we had dinner, like, I was done, you know, just done for the day. And it, it does really make a difference to have a time cut off. You know, if you, if you go to a job, typically, there's a time of day that you leave. And right. you, you switch gears, you switch mindsets. And so it's, it's kind of along that line. And, um, and it's really helpful to have your, it's been really helpful for me to sort of have my day broken up in chunks like that. You know, morning was super productive. Afternoon was a little more free form in a place where I got other things done. Um, and then late afternoon, like I mentioned before, we had our little odd jobs and dinner and all that. So it really is Uh, really good to think about uh, your limits. What is a, what is a comfortable time for you to just be done for the day? And Mm -hmm. it's amazing how you can, it can motivate you to have a deadline like that. I don't know, I'm motivated by that because I know, okay, once we're done with that, I'm not getting anything else done today. So now I'm looking back at my list of things and I can't get them all done. So what can I get done before five? You know, Right. <laughs> it makes you prioritize and it makes you um, do the important things first. So I love it that.
1: Does. And you know something now working from home and homeschooling from home, you're, there's this world collides. And, and mm. it is a very difficult season to do it all. I mean, mm-hmm. it, while I do have help in the home teaching the kids, I can't tell you how many times they knock on my door right to kiss boo-boos to 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 share that they passed the spelling test to tell me that the sister hit each other you know hit the other sister or to tell i mean it it doesn't so there is no separation Mm -hmm. but this is also a great opportunity for our children to see what hard work looks like
0: Mm -hmm. it's a great
1: opportunity Mm -hmm. for them to um uh, take on responsibilities of lots of chores uh, right. around the right. house and uh, mm-hmm. to take responsibility of their siblings, you know, if mom mm-hmm. has a meeting. Um, and so, you know, where there was a season where I was the weird working homeschool mom. Now mm-hmm. everyone
0: mm-hmm.
1: is weird homeschool. A lot of, yeah,
0: there are a lot. And I think <laughs> for me, because we had eight kids, I didn't really, that that was just not an option for me. I knew I would lose my mind if I tried to do anything like
1: that. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't and,
0: you know, do it. <laughs> so it kind of was like, like, it was like a job in, in a lot of ways. But all that being said, there was that same feeling of having to um, prioritize, having to keep things, you know, have, have deadlines, have, have a time of day when we're done. And, you know, there, there, you have to think it through. And um, so it's really, it's, it's a lot of the same type of thinking. Um, A lot of times, you know, like as moms, we're doing, we're doing something else and, and we're trying to, like, I would tell my husband, like, the most frustrating thing for me was just to go to a task and not be able to do it without being interrupted. And it didn't seem to matter if it was a 5-minute task or a 30-minute task. (laughs) So I decided that when I did actually accomplish a task without interruption, I would just, like, enjoy that. Like, stop and recognize, (laughs) acknowledge the moment, you know. Um, But yes, what you're saying is true. We are modeling to our kids what is perseverance, what is hard work, what is good work ethic. And then also, like you're saying, taking the time to stop and kiss the boo-boos, you're saying, people are important. My work is important, but you are more important in this minute right now, you know, as, you know, your needs come above this over here. So yes, there's so much. And I think, too, I, I think maybe we um, also underestimate the fact that we're present, you know, when we're working from home, we're present, you know, like we're, we might be working, but our kids know we're there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a cool thing as well, um, that, is sort of a side benefit, I think, to working at home.
1: Well, and listen, if you're not a working homeschool mom, and you're a homeschool mom, you're working, that is yeah, really totally. hard work. I mean, <laughs> it, I, it is being a mom is the most amazing, lovely opportunity we have, God given. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and but in any season that you're in, whether that God has you working or simply focusing on caring and educating and teaching your children, it is hard work. It's exhausting. And I hope that we're extending grace to ourselves and we're extending grace to other moms. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I have so many, I I have moms say things, Oh, I'm not as busy as you. I'm like, Oh yes, you are.
0: Mm -hmm. You are
1: absolutely as busy as I am. And I want you to know that you should, feel like I hope God gives you super amounts of grace mm-hmm. and I hope that your friends are extending grace to you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is just a tough season for many people where it's we're all kind of uh, lonely. Mm-hmm. Um and so we need to kind of get each other's backs with, as a mom you know you're like whether so you're working great. or non working i mean it, it, this is a tough season
0: right and and this is the thing that you know i learned many many years ago um in my friendships is understanding that um i I take care of my own backyard. That's the that's what God has given me When I say my backyard, that's my family, my home, my my responsibilities. Um, they are not someone else's responsibilities. And likewise, um, I'm not responsible for my friend and however she's managing her life and what she's decided to do and not do. The best thing I can do is just be a friend. Um, listen. And if I'm really concerned about something, just pray. And ask God to work in their life. I think one thing we've, a disservice that we have done as believers is not trusted in God's ability to speak to someone about their own life, you know, um, that He speaks to us about the uniquenesses of our own life, and He does the same thing for other people, and we don't have to always understand it or make sense of it we're just here to be a friend, to pray for them, and, um, and, and just to be as supportive as we can be. And I I think that's one thing that really, really helped me is like, you know, I'm not living that person's life. I don't know all that went into their decisions. And so I'm just going to be that person to cheer them on and, um, and just be there for them.
1: You know, when, when I think about the Proverbs 31 woman, Um, we often look at her life and we think, wow, she had it like all together. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we really study scripture, we're actually looking at her, the end of her life. We don't see the wounds that she's had, the nights that she cried out for God on behalf of her children or her Mm -hmm. husband or their education or how dirty her house was, whatever the case may be. We don't see the brokenness that helped her get to where she is
0: as a a legacy.
1: Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, when we look at other women in the professional world or in the homeschool world, whatever God has us, you know, envy in comparison is really a rejection. Of the good that God has given to us and we begin Mm -hmm. to obsess over the good that someone else has been given and it's really a thief of joy Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know as we're stepping into this season if you're a working homeschool mom or you're a you're thinking about it or you're um, exploring it you know make sure that you do not um, find yourself in that place of envying or comparing seasons or whatever the case may be, like, just remember to do you and, and do what God created you to do. Cause you're so unique. You're created on a, on purpose for a purpose, um, for such a season as this. And That's so, great. um, you know, I was sharing earlier that, um, of course there's the, uh, we had the ditch with the delegate, and right. you know, and then we have to draw the line. We have to know when no is enough. Like no is no, we're not going to uh, do any more. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is uh, has been uh, a minister for many years, and uh, I have very rarely volunteered for anything in the church, mm. and I got a lot of backlash for that. Wow, And, um, they were like, well, I mean, you're, you're one of the staff wives. And I was like, and,
0: you know, I was like, I don't,
1: I don't have the time or capacity, the, and, you know, we find ourselves doing things out of guilt. Right. Um, Those are the type of things that you just need to ditch, 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 whatever causes you guilt, whatever brings shame on you is probably the very things that you need to ditch. Maybe Mm -hmm. the friend who makes Mm -hmm. you feel horrible or, you know, I had a neighbor that would make me feel horrible um, because they would call and I couldn't get to the phone because I was working. And so they would come and knock on my door and say, are you just ignoring us? I was like, "No, I'm working." Oh my gosh, I love you. You know, but like there are there there are moments where you just need to be careful um toxic relationships or you know things like that just
0: ditch the things that don't bring life. Right. Exactly. And I think um you kind of pointed out pointed this out a little bit earlier. Um each season it's it's this is all fluid. You know, what works for one season doesn't work for the next season. It's going to be continually evolving and it's okay for it to look that way. Um, I know I tend to like want to find a schedule and just stick with it, like make it work in every season. And that's just not life. There is an ebb and a flow to our kids, their developmental stages, their hormones as they get a little bit older, our own hormones. there's an ebb and flow to school, uh, to homeschooling, to our work. Um, You know, you see that ebb and flow even in a calendar year. You know, the the holidays are around the corner and that's going to change some things for us and how we do things and how we prioritize because there's things we're going to want to do and we're going to make choices when it comes to opportunity costs. We're going to spend it over here instead of over here. And um, I think the important thing is just to, as much as possible, be doing that consciously. Um, For me, when it's just happening and I didn't really think it through and I'm not exactly sure that's where I wanted to spend my time, that's when it gets stressful. Um, But if I have taken the time, like you mentioned before, to kind of think through the whys and plan a little bit uh, um, uh, according to my priorities, kind of just frame everything up within that, um, that just makes such a difference. And this is why I'm really constantly emphasizing um, and encouraging moms to take time to slow their hearts down um, and You know, when I say having an unhurried heart, that doesn't mean we're not productive. It means that we're not frantic um, because busy isn't the same as productive. And actually, Mm -hmm. when we're taking time to be intentional and thoughtful and making conscious decisions, we are actually more efficient and more effective. And um, so anyway, there's my two cents.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you know... My husband and I sit down every year, um, and we just kind of write down what's what are our priorities. What do we need a ditch? What do we right. need to delegate? What can we afford to delegate? Right. Uh, and when you can't afford things to to delegate, because we've been in lots of seasons right, where we can right. afford that monthly right keeper, I would you know um, we would switch kids with families, and maybe I would homeschool their kids for one day. They would homeschool the kids for the next day, give us a break. Mm-hmm. There's mother's day out programs. There, there's mm-hmm. things that we can do. You know, right. if you don't have, if you have grandparents around. We didn't, we've never had family around, which was so tough. Yeah. Um, you know, there, I think God provides opportunity. I think we have to, you know, let go. I mean, even in my life, the way working in homeschooling looks in this season looks so different than it did even a year ago. Right. Our our responsibilities have changed in work,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, more responsibility in my case. Um, my kids are growing. My oldest is 12 and a half years old. She's a girl and she needs lots of time, more mm-hmm. time than she's ever needed before. And I'm right. having to adjust to making more margin to talk to her about things. Right. And right. You know, I think we have to really make sure that we capture their hearts right now. You know, like I don't want her going to a boy and and sharing her hopes and dreams or even a friend. That's a girl. That's not a good influence. Right. Homeschooling is great, but it, it doesn't, protect our kids from everything by the
0: no, way no no it does not and you want that open communication with your kids and in order for that to happen it's it's really about kind of a very consistent invitation from us to them for conversation and i know that and any any mom out there who has teenagers i just told my husband day, do you realize that we have had teenagers in our house nonstop for 16 years <laughs> and he was like wow Yes, we have. And then in addition to our eight children, um, seven are out of the house now, and only two of our kids are teenagers, but the uh, 18-year-old has moved out. And the 16-year-old is here. But then God decided in His just glorious uh, bag of surprises to— have us take on a, a foster son. He's not in the foster care system, but he's a 17-year-old that we've opened our home to. And so now we have another teenager in the house. But my, what I was going to say is the the commonality that seems to happen with most teenagers is they love to talk at night. That's when they open up 9, 10, 11, you know, at, you know, when, when we're like ready to fall asleep. And so I think it, it actually does, uh, Benefit us if we bear, just keep that in mind. Ask yourself as you're going through the day um, and d- trying to decide if you're going to do one more thing or not. Um, ask yourself, is this going to position me to be able to listen if my teenager needs to talk tonight? That is yes, very if they good advice. Go to bed early <laughs> so you have it for the next day. <laughs> that is such good advice. <laughs> yeah. And it just falls right in line with what you were just saying. Um, about just kind of looking at the season you're in and being realistic about it, understanding you can't do it all and uh, ditching the excess and and being prepared for, you know, the really important, for to fulfill the priorities, the things that God has put on your heart that are your priorities, like your, you know, 12 and a half year old daughter. And so um, anyway, I was just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, there's so many tools to practically organize your time that Mm -hmm. there's free versions everything from like calendy like a you know it's a calendar right. system mm-hmm. to project management like how do you manage your projects how do you manage your homeschooling there's so many systems out there that if you're a systems thinker
0: right
1: um it could just help you organize your time because sometimes the anxiety of working in homeschooling because it's all jumbled in your brain having to write it out make yes. list yes. even though even though that's very practical mm-hmm. um you know it I, I, am not naturally a, um, a, a list maker because I don't know, I'm just not, I had to force myself to be a list maker and I'm mm. so much more productive. I can focus on what's important during the, you know, the work day right. so that I can give my kids what they need. And, and of course I do want to encourage you guys to not put homeschooling in front of your marriage. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Working is great. Um, helping, you know, bring in income for our families. is great. You know, we, sometimes we don't have a choice, but to work, but I just want to encourage everyone to really make time for the one who matters, um, Mm -hmm. in the home, which is our spouse. Um, you know, they are for one, it models. I mean, I think God calls us, uh, to model a healthy relationship. And so go on a date, Mm -hmm. you know, um, go for a walk, go for a hike, you know, whatever interests you. I'm not a big hiker, but, you know, I like eating. Uh, so <laughs> I want to go out to eat all the time. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, investing in those relationships are really important. It also takes some stress out of the work week because, you know, right. sometimes we look at our spouse as a checkoff list.
0: Right. And it
1: puts like, it's just one more thing I have to do. Maybe Mm -hmm. it is sex or, or Mm -hmm. spending time with them. You know, sometimes it feels like a, you know, a duty. Um, But when we can change our perspective about how we approach our marriage, so it's not a checkoff list. It makes us more productive in all our other areas too.
0: It really Um, does. And it helps you be, have more of a sense of being a team um, instead of, you know, two individuals parallel, you know, just walking alongside of each other, sort of like side by side, parallel, you're you're actually a team, and you're working together. And uh, my husband and I used to have what we call state of the union dates. And I know a lot of people say, oh, don't talk about, you know, kids and all of that while you were on your dates. Well, you know what, that actually relieved stress for both of us by sitting down and talking through. We would go by uh, down the list of each of our kids. How do you think Brittany is doing? You know, oh, I had this conversation with her this week, and I think she might be struggling with this. Well, I talked to her about this. And all of a sudden, you're just so, um, you just sort of come together and you are focused on each child and what it is their current needs are. And uh, we, we'd share ideas about you know, problem solving and things like that. And, but it just got us on the same page when it came to our parenting. And, um, that was just a huge, huge thing for us. And we, we you know, we enjoyed it.
1: One more thing that we do to be able to balance work and homeschooling is that I involve my kids in my work.
0: I'm mm-hmm. a
1: storyteller.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I tell them what God's doing in our ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't shoo them away. Um, during my conference calls, sometimes I put them on my lap. Um, It's not kosher with everyone. Some people get upset that I will, but this is one of those things where I'm unwilling to sacrifice my children at the altar of any work.
0: That's right. Um, Oh, that's not,
1: and not that there isn't a time to be professional by the way.
0: Right. Right. Um, You
1: know, in a board meeting, I'm probably not going to put her on my lap. Um, Right. But for the everyday, like they need that. those are those little snuggles in the middle of the day because they're knocking. They're literally beating at the door. So I'm going to go, you know, bring them in. So, you know, try to find ways to integrate your children into the work that you have.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: And so that way they don't feel like, oh, you're choosing this over me.
0: Right, and, and that they're two very separate things. Um, the, the thing that's interesting is our kids can actually absorb a lot of learning just from sitting on our laps in a meeting, you know, mm-hmm. they can learn new words, they can, there's just so much that can happen there and, and especially, you know, if they're just like sitting there and they're feeling that warm, snuggly feeling of sitting on mom's lap, they're relaxed and so when they're relaxed, they, they learn more readily and easily. And so there's just, there's a lot there. And I I love that you do that. I think that's great. I I just, you're just, it's so right on. We want to live life alongside of our kids. And like you said, there's a time and a place when it's not appropriate for them to be present. But when it, when it is, why not? I encourage it, you know. I just I love that, and then also just that whole idea of not sacrificing your marriage on the altar of homeschooling. That is just not. I've seen families do this, and it was not pretty. And so my husband, or
1: sacrificing your family on the altar of work, exactly. I think it goes anything that can overshadow what's most important, whether it's a relationship with God or relationship Mm -hmm. with our spouse. Both can be detrimental.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love that. Thank you so much. I love everything you shared, and I'm confident that moms have been encouraged. So, um, Jen, thank you for being here with us and sharing, um, just sharing your heart. Um, I love. I am now a working mom, which I never have been before. Like I, I mentioned before, it was you know hand of the plow. You know, do the eight kids, and um, and now I'm at a point in time where I'm I'm I am actually working, and so it's this is good for me to um, sort of hear because, like I said, this is kind of a new experience for me, and it's been there are times it's been very bumpy because I I haven't done this before, and and uh, so the things that you shared really resonate uh, with my heart. So thank you again for being here.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. All right. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. God, thank you for Jen. Thank you for her heart. Uh, It was just so clear to me the message of um, your good plan for families. Lord, it, it it's amazing to me that your good plan for families always works whatever the circumstances are it may look a different for every family, but that framework that you have set up making our our marriages and our children a priority um but then also that whole uh, being diligent in our work Lord there is a way to do that that honors and glorifies you and allows our families to function in a peaceful way and it just really um, It comes down to the fact that uh, we need you to help us walk this out well. Lord, I thank you for the things that you've taught Jen and um, that she could be here today to share them with us. Father, we just uh, thank thank you so much for that. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness to us. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.